Let's have a big hand for the band. <laughs> Man, that was, that was beautiful. That was just beautiful. You know, guys, it's amazing how God works. Spent a lot of preparation for uh, this uh, presentation <clears throat> and about hope. And uh, so you just never know when God's hand is going to show you something that you hadn't seen. Just the, even the little things and the big things. But I was walking through Menards the other day. And out of nowhere, in the, uh, I was hanging out in the uh, uh, garden center. Out of nowhere, I saw this sign. They created an acronym for the word hope. And we're talking about hope today, right? And what does it say? I don't know if you can see this online. It says, hang on, possibilities exist. And that's just what we're talking about. That's where Jesus comes in because hope is a person and his name is Jesus. The Bible is full of stories that remind us that when God shows up, so does hope. In Romans 4.18, the Apostle Paul is talking about the Old Testament story regarding the call of Abraham, the father of the Hebrew nation. He says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. Even when there was no reason to hope. What an accurate description of faith, despite whatever obstacles we may face. This Old Testament story tells us how Abraham and Sarah's old age, combined with Sarah's unbelief, eventually produced a staggering faith in God. In the midst of all that looked so bleak and seemed to challenge the promises of God, hope prevailed, and the promised son Isaac was born. It is the same prevailing hope that enables us to face the obstacles in our world today. After all, the Bible reminds us of Jesus' words in John chapter 16, verse 33, where he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In this world we will have trouble, distress, hard circumstances, and suffering. There's no escape. It's part of the human experience. But we are not left to deal with the suffering and the hardships only to despair. Jesus is our hope. <clears throat> a 40-year-old woman was suddenly widowed and with two children ages five and seven. Immediately after her husband's death, her husband's family wanted to take, to take the children because they said, you have no job and no way of supporting your family. But the woman said, you're not going to take my children. I have faith and hope that God will get us through this. And God did just that. You see, that woman was my mom. She was strong and had incredible faith. So we see that in spite of tragic circumstances, we can have a hope that prevails because hope is a person and his name is Jesus. We find hope in Jesus who pursues us and will not ever let us go. It's no secret that life's events have a way of catching us by surprise. And unfortunately, some of our biggest challenges can come without warning or the possibility of control. Changes in our health. The death of a loved one. Infertility. Traffic accidents. Physical trauma. Violent crimes and natural disasters are just some of the sources of personal pain. 
As a nation, our own sense of security has been threatened in numerous ways over the past year and a half. Unrest in the streets, school shootings, earthquakes and tornadoes, rising inflation and economic strain, not to mention the COVID virus. But I guess I just mentioned it. <laughs> in addition, it's tough to see small businesses suffer because they can't find enough people who want to work. So the question is, Without the possibility of avoiding these challenging life events, how do we maintain hope? If we can't control or predict these events, how can we find hope in the midst of them? What do we do when marriage loses its sacred bond or our children violate the values we've worked so hard to instill in them? A large portion of our population today lacks the hope of positive, secure, and committed relationships. These life experiences can prompt incredible anxiety in us. And I understand how hope can be lost. But I would suggest to you, however, that we need to be focused on inviting the Christ of hope into the struggles and the stresses of our life on a daily basis. Because our hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And if the unpredictable life events are not challenging enough, the most profound stressors can often come from our personal relationships with people. Much of life's pain is often close to home as conflict and betrayals rip apart the fabric of trusted commitments. What happens when unfaithfulness and violence and abuse have torn families apart? Some researchers believe that the current trend of delaying marriage to about the age of 30 is connected to this fear of failure and loss of hope. Child development experts report that dropping birth rates in part relate to declining hope that children will turn out okay if they have to face the challenges of the world in which we live. Many of us have grown children, who have grown children, could share our concerns about how our grandchildren will thrive in such a turbulent world. Where do we find a source of hope? for these challenging relationships. Our hope is a person, and his name is? There you go. Not only do life events and close relationships often bring pain, these struggles are compounded when the people we look up to let us down. It's too bad. We don't have to wait long before we hear about the latest politician or celebrity or professional athlete or even ministry leader, who has made the headlines because of some unethical behavior. And the more subtle misuse and abuse of truth for personal gain is becoming more and more widespread. Our faith in people can turn to discouragement and hopelessness very quickly when we see people's selfishness and narcissism replace character and integrity. Character and integrity. Even in our own homes, in our own community, we must take a hard look at the real impact our faith is making on the next generation. When surveys indicate that as many as 80% of church-attending youth will leave their faith after college, 80% of church-attending youth will leave their faith after college, it begs the question, is our faith relevant? Are we making a real difference in the lives of young people? Are we passing on a faith that will bring hope in the midst of a challenging world. Folks, we have a job to do. 
Let's think about how we make the faith relevant for those close to us. How do you and I respond to the trauma and tragedies that strike us and the people around us? Have you ever been unsure of what to say to a grieving friend? Been there, done that. <laughs> do you find yourself avoiding the very friend who needs you the most because you feel inadequate or ill-equipped? Eh, sometimes. Done this. After a funeral service or while sitting in a hospital room, have you ever uttered awkward references to biblical truth because you didn't know what else to say? When a friend or a family member has been hurting and you sense their need for compassion, have you felt uncertain about how to communicate your care? To be sure, <clears throat> there is an awkwardness and emptiness that can occur when people need our compassion and are met with irrelevant or ill-timed expressions of faith. The pain of irrelevant faith is widespread. You and I can probably identify a time in our own lives when we needed care and compassion and were met with an irrelevant response. A number of years ago, a movie came out called Letters to God. And maybe you guys saw it. The movie featured a boy named Tyler in his battle with cancer. While Tyler's family struggled to accept his diagnosis, hope is inspired through his letters to God. This film's mission was to encourage God's people to be a community of hope to those challenged with cancer and tragedy, those struggling with loss, and those who are often fearful and alone. This is important. Part of our mission as the body of Christ is to be a community of hope, to be a place where we can... We carefully listen to people in pain, becoming better equipped to impart the caring life of Christ and a hope that prevails through the obstacles of life. Through the obstacles of life. Looking for hope in all the wrong places might be an accurate description of today's world. Yet, in the Gospel of John, we find an example of hope in the tribulations of life. A man who was blind from birth found hope in spite of his circumstances, in spite of his family relationships, and in spite of religious irrelevance. This man was not one of our more famous heroes of the Bible, but his interactions with Jesus can inspire our hope. So whether our tribulation comes from painful life events, close relationships, or even struggles to live out our faith, we can have hope. Listen to the story of Jesus healing a man who was born blind. You should see it on the screen. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Well, Jesus said, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes and sent him off to wash. So, what are the lessons for us in this story? First, we can have hope in spite of life events. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. This man was born into suffering. His predicament 
was not of his own choosing. Life simply dealt him this blow. Jesus stepped into the hopelessness of this man's life and brought healing and restoration. Isn't it amazing to consider that we have a God who notices and cares? The blind man made no efforts to stop Jesus. He made no plea for help. But Christ noticed the man and his apparent struggles and was so moved with compassion that he took the initiative to care. There's our model. That's what we need to do. It's also important to remember it was the blind man's suffering that allowed the opportunity for Christ's work to be displayed and God's glory to be revealed. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Only God can make good things out of bad things. The blind man's condition must have brought the same rational questions we often ask in the face of tragedy and loss. Even his family or his friends must have asked, why him? Why now? Where was God? And unfortunately, when we try to answer questions like these, a person's pain can often become, become compounded. Listen to the disciples' question. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Imagine if you were the blind man hearing that conversation. Christ was so moved with compassion that he healed the man born blind. Jesus' disciples looked at the very same man and asked, who sinned? What an amazing contrast. So where is our focus? Are we moved with compassion or do we only see a person's sin? Certainly sin must be confronted but only when we have first dealt with our own sin and prayed through issues of timing and compassionate delivery. Remember, remember, it will be our compassionate heart that helps open the ears of the hearer so that repentance and correction with God's help will bear fruit. When we face our own challenging life events or when we struggle to understand the pain of others, tooth. Two truths from the Gospel of John can guide our steps and sustain our hope. One, Jesus, Jesus notices and cares. And two, the works of God unfold in spite of our circumstances. Again, only God can make good things out of bad things. Second, we can have hope in spite of disappointing relationships. As the blind man now healed finds himself before the Pharisees. We observe the disappointment of close relationships. The Jews still, still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. So what did they do? They sent for the man's parents. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son, and he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. Talk about a tough relationship. There's a sort of parents are sort of leaving you out there by yourself. His parents aren't helping a whole lot. John reveals the relational complexities that come with the blind man's healing. First, he was summoned to appear before the Pharisees. Now imagine that. 
that had to be an undoubtedly threatening and intimidating experience. Rather than the Pharisees rejoicing over the miracle of a sight, <laughs> what they do? They question the man about Jesus working on the Sabbath. Next, we learn that the man's family was also summoned before the Pharisees in order to verify his lifetime of blindness. Rather than offer supportive care to their son, the man's family does nothing to help him. In fact, their response suggests self-protection, emotional abandonment, abandonment, and even personal rejection. The blind man experienced his own trials related to family pain, and yet we will find that he encountered hope in the person of Jesus. Likewise, some of our most significant suffering, suffering can come from the challenges of close relationships, like my example with my mom. Imperfect spouses, difficult to parent children, dysfunctional patterns of relating, emotional distance, betrayals and rejections can cause us unbearable pain, and yet we too can find hope in the person of Jesus. And third, we can have hope in spite of irrelevant expressions of faith. The verbal attacks from the Pharisees illustrate the irrelevance of faith when we move away from the person of Jesus. <clears throat> the religious leaders were preoccupied with rules and man-made expectations rather than the life-giving presence of Jesus. So how about you and me? How much are we preoccupied by the rules of religion or man-made expectations instead of an intentional focus on a relationship with Jesus? <clears throat> the blind man's situation with the Pharisees deteriorated. The temple was filled with arguments over keeping the Sabbath. Some of the Pharisees said, this man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was deep division of opinion among them. There were also questions about whether to follow the teachings of Moses or Jesus. And who had the right to exclude people from accessing <clears throat> the things of God? And finally, in frustration, the Pharisees put the man out of the synagogue. That was his place of worship. They threw him out of the synagogue thereby separating this man from the blessings of covenant. The blind man most certainly identified with the pain of irrelevant religion. Now you may be here today and also feeling confused by the claims of religious people concerning the things of God. In addition, you may feel uncertain about whose truth is really truth. Religion may have let you down, <clears throat> disappointed you, or even rejected you. The Bible's encouragement is this. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And as we come to know Jesus, we will come to know truth. Finally, we can have hope because hope is a person. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found a man. He found a man after and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Remember this, the same Jesus who heard about the man born blind and all that he had experienced still hears our pain and comes to find us. Listen to these words of encouragement from the scriptures. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in, in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. 
No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. That's John 14, verse 18. The Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name because it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. That's Isaiah 42, verse 6. Let the message about Christ in all its richness, richness fill your lives. That's Colossians 3.16. I invite you to take a moment and recall a time in your own life when you were going through a time of trial or suffering. Think about the specific life events, the close relationships, or the irrelevant religion that brought compounded pain. During those times of heartache, can you identify ways in which Jesus sought you out and ministered hope? If you aren't able to see or remember evidence of Christ's care for you, you could give him that chance today. You could invite God's spirit to guide you into his truth. Don't let your faith become irrelevant. Scripture reinforces the truth that hope is a person. The Apostle Paul begins a letter to young Timothy with these words. This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, anointed or appointed by the command of God, our Savior, and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah reminded those who would listen, can any of the worthless foreign gods send us rain? (laughs) Does it fall from the sky by itself? No. You are the one, O Lord, our God. Only you can do such things. So we will wait for you to help us. After the man was thrown out of the synagogue, Jesus sought him out. Remember, the man had not actually seen Jesus after his eyes were healed until this moment when Jesus asks him, do you believe in the Son of Man? His response to Jesus was, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. The man who was healed of his blindness seemed to ask, Just point me to the person in whom I am to place my trust. Notice the importance of word choice. In whom shall I hope? Hope is a person, and his name is... Let's pray. Jesus, help us to be the people of hope and live out our mission to connect others with your love. We count on you the source of our hope, when life doesn't always turn out well. May all of the aspects of our lives be an opportunity for you to demonstrate your power. Because your word is unbreakable, may it be that our hope is unshakable. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said...